Good day and welcome to Practice Blueprint, the podcast. Each episode of Practice Blueprint captures our success and shares it with other practitioners. Our success is based on already making big mistakes so you don't have to. See, over the years, we have been fortunate to capture a proven, sustainable, and successful program which will eliminate fear, frustration, and stress while it advances your competency and your confidence so that you can develop a sustainable, profitable, natural health business. This system is built by practitioners for practitioners. It is not theory. It has been proven with over 30,000 clinical hours of hands-on experience to support it. In each episode, we will address real clinical challenges with proven, accessible solutions any practitioner can benefit from. This, in turn, will position you to develop that natural health business you've always dreamed of. So thank you for tuning in to this episode of Practice Blueprint. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for our, I can't believe I'm going to say it, July. It is July. July. We're officially halfway through the year. Uh Q&A protocol. So yeah. we do this once a month. Um, it's just kind of a good opportunity uh, for practitioners to submit challenging cases and or um, commonly asked questions or if they have a specific question they want us to cover uh, regarding products and protocols. Um, we have uh, several kind of questions we're going to go through in a little bit. But first, I want to start off with um, we just had this kind of a uh, case come through with kind of a question to confirm what to recommend for this person. So we're going to kind of dive in and go over that first, and then we're going to go through um, kind of a whole list of questions um, to cover. But let's start off with this male client mm-hmm. whose primary concern is some memory concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also dealing with joint pain, uh, vision issues, hair loss, bloating. Um, it sounds like he's already... Um, come to the conclusion that he has a B12 deficiency. Um, It sounds like he's already taking something for that, although I want to circle back and talk about that in a second. Um, He's also taking something for hair loss. Um, He has had prostate cancer and the prostate removed. He's had multiple surgeries, so I know you're going to have something to say on that. Um, He tested, um, kind of looking at his, his system survey, he tested highest in the areas of num- category two, which is restore, rebuild, repair, um, and category six, digestion of protein and fats, and then seven B with the hypothyroid. Um, and it sounds like he's only getting 32 ounces of water. Um, so I'm going to kind of chime in on a few things and then I'm going to turn it over to Dan mm-hmm. um, to give his thoughts as well. I would say with every single client, and I know you guys already know this, but we can't hear it enough, is that water is a really good place to start. Most people do not realize that their body is, I think, somewhere between 60 and 70% water. We're more than half water our body is made up of. So if we're dehydrated, we're already on that one thing kind of taking ourselves out of our ability to restore, rebuild, and repair. Um, and this time of year, it's even more important. We recommend one ounce per pound for mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. I've been feeling dehydrated myself. And so I started tracking my water this week and I actually taken 120 ounces really easily, not even like trying to take, you know, and I'm still kind of feeling dehydrated just like with the heat. We also are in a very dry climate. 
Um, and so for a client who's taking in 32 ounces, I can relate to this as well. I was a eight ounce a day kind of girl, like way back in the day. Um, but for somebody who's only taking in 32 ounces, imagine what that one piece alone is holding them back from an energy standpoint, from a repairing um, anything in the body standpoint. Mm -hmm. um, the, it's kind of like we're already start, starting off on the wrong foot. So that's always a really good place for every single practitioner to start with their clients. Have them track their water for a week and get an average of where they're at. Um, because they do have a tendency to say, when we say, how much water are you drinking? Oh, I drink a lot of water. I'm definitely good there. And then when we have them actually counted out and they're like 30 or 40 ounces, um, or even 60 or 70 ounces this time of year, it's going to dehydrate us. Um, they're going to have challenges just with that one thing alone. I also just want to kind of circle back to, it sounds like he's already taking a B12, um, maybe something for his hair. Um, it's really important for practitioners to educate their clients on the quality of supplements because 90% probably higher of the supplements on the market are not really good quality or they have added things in them that aren't, that are kind of making that supplement counterproductive. Um, so many of the vitamins, especially where you're going to find in grocery stores, Walmart, I know it GNC. saves them, GNC, I know it saves them money and they think that they're doing a good thing, but they're synthetic vitamins, which is essentially chemical compounds made by man that the body doesn't actually know what to do with. So on the label, it looks really good that they're taking in whatever it says, but at the end of the day, what their body's actually absorbing is next to none of that because the body doesn't know how to absorb chemical compounds and actually utilize them to our benefit. And so that's where we really spend time talking and educating clients. The reason we work with whole food and herbal supplements is because we're naturally getting the vitamins from the plants, which is what our body is able to absorb and use versus the synthetic compounds that are just chemicals. The body doesn't know what to do with those. So I just wanted to kind of throw that off, and then I know you'll probably yeah. have a few thoughts as well. Yeah, there's there's several different you know pieces to this case, and depending upon the approach, how the person's going to be monitored in terms of you know the protocol they're taking. Uh, obviously, with group two showing up as a as a stress point, uh, we've got to do something obviously different uh, for this client to help restore, rebuild, and repair, but. By the same token, if you do too much, then the body can't respond predictably and favorably. So we have it's kind of a juggling, uh, a juggling situation. I, I do agree uh, with um, you know using some endocrine support, maybe HP endocrine or HP male for sure, um, because of the the stress on the endocrine system itself, the loss of the prostate gland. Um, then anytime you have stress on one organ, you're stressing 16 others that make up that entire endocrine system. He may be, he could show pro, um, heart concerns. He could show some blood pressure patterns. He could, uh, you know, show a lot of other things as a result of this endocrine system. Uh, so I totally agree with either HP male or endocrine, maybe both for a while, you know, three to six months and see. Uh, the other thing that I, that I do agree with also is making sure the digestive support because of the gas, the bloating, uh, things of that nature. I, I definitely agree with the digestive support. Um, you know, this gentleman is going to have to be put on food logs. There's just no way around it. We have got to monitor the quality of fuel that he is feeding his body. 
we all of these things that we that people come to us with memory I have memory concerns or I have joint problems hair loss vision issues we have to remember as practitioners number one these are real number two they're not diseases they're symptoms of malfunction mm -hmm. the body's not performing the way it's designed and we don't like it so the beautiful thing is the body will once it's given what it needs will perform the way it's supposed to and the symptoms of this lack of performance will diminish get less go away melt away that's that's the way we're designed and there's no way around that now some people take three to six weeks to start seeing some really nice noticeable tangible lasting results some people three to six months some people one to three years that's the only part of this process that we do not have nailed down because everyone is different everyone's compliance is different everyone's ability to follow through and, and do their part is different. So we have to treat them, you know, I, I, I use the term always structured flexibility. The structure they come to us within and their case and the parameters of their case and the concerns they have are things that they've done to themselves, all right? This is a direct result of decisions that they've made. But also, I think of a gentleman who's lost his prostate to prostate cancer in the past and he's got a military career of 25 plus years. I think what are uh, the concerns of the the shots and the inoculations and the chemicals and things that he's been exposed to as a indicator of initial suppression of the immune system. So if he came to my office, some of the questions I would be certain to ask him are, do you get dry mouth or cotton mouth issues? Do you get bitter or metallic taste in the mouth? Any sciatic nerve pain down the back of either leg, not related to any past injuries, okay? So dry mouth, cotton mouth, bitter or metallic taste, sciatic nerve pain. I'll explain those three questions because that if they answer in the affirmative to those, that can give you an 80% solid indication that somewhere at some level, this person has a metal or chemical toxicity that is suppressing their immune system that positioned them to lose their prostate to cancer. So. The dry mouth, cotton mouth issue is a parotid gland issue. Now, this gentleman's only drinking 32 ounces of water. So clearly, we, t we handle the simplest things first, dehydration. Let's get his hydration up. Let's really make it a goal that he get one ounce per pound of body weight in daily. It might take him six weeks. Week mm -hmm. one, he might only average 55 ounces a day instead of 32, but that's awesome. Week two, 75. Week three, 90. Week four, 100, right? We might have to gradiently get him conditioned to properly hydrate. But if that doesn't correct that, um, that dry mouth, cotton mouth concern, then we might have a parotid gland. The parotid glands in the mouth are overwhelmed. They've been trying to produce enzymes to help the body detoxify and it can't keep up with the demands anymore. So that's a dry mouth, cotton mouth indication. The bitter or metallic taste, liver. Liver, 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 liver. His liver is extremely toxic. But here's another thing. You cannot have cancer to the degree that you have created such dysfunction that you have to cut out an organ without improper liver function. So you have to focus on liver, liver, liver. Okay, his liver is giving him is, is, is overwhelmed. It can't keep up with the demands. Finally, sciatic nerve pain down the back of either leg. Um, in Chinese medicine, if it's the right side, if it's the right side of the body, then that is going to be a um, potassium imbalance.
That's a potassium problem. If it's the left side, that's a sodium issue. But guess what? People whose electrolytes are off, especially sodium potassium, are going to show other things like maybe allergy issues, muscle cramps in charley horses, a lot of fatigue, um, things of that nature. So they can't retain the fluid. So they could be drinking tons of water and they might not be able to hydrate at the cellular level because of electrolytes being off. So we have to pay attention to those. But the sciatic nerve, dry mouth, cotton mouth, bitter metallic taste, really strong indicators. This person has a metal or chemical toxicity. I suspect strongly, I haven't talked to this man or met him, but with his past 25 year history in the military, he's been exposed to a lot of maybe different aerosols, solvents, lotions, uh, inoculations, uh, different, you know, unfortunately our military, um, it, they've been kind of made guinea pigs, unfortunately, mm -hmm. in some ways. Uh, I, I think it's wrong. I don't think it should be done. But unfortunately, if you want to have a military career, you're going to do what they tell you. And part of that is taking their injections, taking these inoculations, um, doing these experiments, um, you know, the gas chamber experiments they do in basic training, things of that nature. There's there's literally all kinds of substances that this man's probably been exposed to uh, in his career that have suppressed the immune system. Um, the next thing, the third piece of the puzzle that really comes to mind in just talking about this gentleman is you have to have some form of immune challenge, usually a yeast or a virus. And it's real common with men to get a yeast or a virus in the actual prostate gland. Two-thirds of the prostate glands function for the male endocrine system, the male urinary tract, is immune system support. It's to help us maintain a healthy urinary tract, kidney, bladder, that type of thing. Only one-third of the prostate's performance, its job, is to produce semen. Okay, it, it's, an, it's an immune system organ, primarily. And so if it gets a yeast or a fungus trapped in there is trying to protect the rest of the system. Mm -hmm. Long term, that being trapped in there can then develop into other things like BPH or uh, prostate cancer, severely elevated uh, PSA numbers, etc. So with this gentleman, I look at digestion, I look at endocrine system, I look at metal and chemical, I look at immune system. There's only, there's only about three or four things that we can really focus on anyways because He's got a lot of other stress factors, right? Recently retired. Um, he had some family uh, concerns in the last year with three of his Lost closest siblings, friends. Yeah. Or, or, excuse me, three siblings. Yeah. Uh, you know, so major shifts going on around us all right now, right? That are extremely stressful. So, so he's got a lot on his plate from many different mm -hmm. angles. Um, and he's one of these that less is more. So mm -hmm. some endocrine support, digestive support. If we can get some overall nutrition in him, even if he would just do... A half a tablespoon of superfood mixed in a nice smoothie, right, for a week or two and really let the palate adjust and then go to a tablespoon for, you know, week three and four and then two or, you know, one and a half for, you know, if it took him three months to work his way up to two tablespoons, that's fine. That's okay. Yeah. Right. He would, you know, he's going to develop, he's going to start cleansing and nourishing the body properly. Uh, the nutrient quality that's going to be found in superfood is going to be far superior and broad spectrum. He's going to start correcting deficiencies, but it takes about three to four months of consistent use to really impact deficiencies on these, on these nutritionally deficient cases. So that's really, you know, based on our, what we were told, limited exposure to this gentleman's case. He's got a lot going on. Um, endocrine system, digestion, nutrition. 
really pay close attention to any kind of immune system uh, issues that we can look at. Um, and then, you know, the heavy metal or chemical toxicity, kind of work on HV, HB met, um, you know, the, the, uh, the tincture to kind of aid the body that way. Um, but that would be the, those are like the top things that really stand out to me. Yeah. You might decide he, you and you and your client might decide mutually that, okay, of those four or five things that really makes a lot of sense to me, but I want to do two. If I was going to do two things that are most important, I would cleanse and nourish. I'd get this guy going on some really good nutrition, which includes the enzymes. And I would look at either, either the immune system support or the metal and chemical support to, to reduce anything that might be uh, in the system that way. So those would be, you know, take it down from five to maybe two, make it even more palatable and easy to monitor, easy financially, easy to do it long term. Because we have to remember as practitioners, one of the most important elements of our client relationship is to develop a long-term perspective. Mm. You're not going to be with me for three or four weeks. You're not even going to be with me for three or four months. You and I are going to be working on this for the next 30 to 40 years. Now, let's break it down into really bite-sized pieces, a week at a time, a food log at a time, a supplement at a time, feedback, right? Follow-up at a time, make sure the bowel movements are good, energy, sleep, digestion, um, you know, make sure questions are getting answered, plug into the resources on diet, you know, set some goals up for food logs to where you're going to change that, that terrible 50, 50 score to 80, 20. And if it takes six weeks or six months, that's fine. Um, we have to remember that, that we're from day one, putting the positioning these people to be successful because we're giving them a long-term perspective mm -hmm. from day one. In our office, we meet with new clients. We have between five and six contacts, meaningful contacts with new clients before they ever start a program. But that's how you get 90% or greater success rates in every case you accept. That's how you approach 250 clients that have been with me for 10 years or longer, right? Is because you've built that in at, from day one so that they understand this is this is not just a take a pill for the ill approach mm -hmm. or, you know, sickness care. I, I have a headache, so I'm going to, I'm going to come and see Sheila because I have a headache. And then they, Sheila never sees them again for six months or six years or yeah, whatever. Yeah. We don't it is. want them coming to see you only when they feel. Yeah. That's not a wellness. That's not a true nutritional therapy plan, right? Uh, that's just poking at it. We want a plan in place. So, um, this gentleman's got a lot of challenges, 20 or 30 different things probably. And we're going to have to peel it away layer at a time, a little bit at a time, position him for some sex success, let him experience the results, get excited, and he's committed for the next round, right? Um, that's just the way that these kind of cases have to be handled. And those are the, those are the four or five things that I see. Cool. So. I will just add in one more thing um, to kind of circle back to um, like potassium and sodium, the electrolytes being off, um, you know, obviously encouraging them to eat more high potassium foods is always ideal, but sometimes people just revert to bananas, which are high in sugar, right? Um, but there's a couple of options you guys have there. Um, we use bee pollen. We get bee pollen um, with Country Health, mm -hmm. I think it is. Mm -hmm. You can get a wholesale account with them directly. Aberdeen, um, Idaho. And uh, Ultima electrolyte powders. We love them. They're, they're flavored. And you. I, I have several practitioners that are using these um, with their clients as well in mixing them in their smoothies because they kind of help with that taste of superfood because they are flavored. So it's kind of just like a very simple, somewhat inexpensive way. And you can get in a, you can actually get a wholesale account with Ultima as well. 
and incorporate those into your practice. They have all of these different flavors. They're like stevia sweetened. I personally use them as well. Um, but they're just a really good way to kind of get people to get that superfood in them without having that taste of, um, because, greens. because the taste of the, ele- because the taste of the Ultima kind of overpowers the taste of the greens. And it's then balancing their electrolytes. It's helping out support their electrolytes at the same time. So just throwing that out there as an option, um, Ultima, U-L-T-I-M-A is the company. If you look them up, you can get a wholesale account with them. They're really easy to work with as well as Country Health um, and their bee pollen. Yes, I will send you a link. Um, So thank you. Let us know if you have any additional questions on that. But thank you. that was good. I always enjoy kind of, you know, yeah, getting getting to good. pick your brain with your experience. Um, the next thing as we dive into questions, um, you know, we are preparing for um, another group cleanse with the intestinal cleanse. I think we've hopefully stressed like how important how important it is to get those bowels cleansed for like so many reasons, right? But there's a ton of different questions that come up in regards to um, in regards to the cleanse, we actually made an FAQ document that I can send you guys. Um, the link, it's in the intestinal cleanse folder. But I wanted to go through some of the common questions that come up. Um, so, for example, it's kind of like who can cleanse and who cannot cleanse. That's what I really want to dive into because it is important that we're, we're setting people up for success and it's not for everyone, right? So, the first one is um, can pregnant women cleanse? I know the answers to these, but I'm going to ask him on some of them so that he can kind of elaborate a little bit more. Um, pregnant women should really not be doing any cleanses. That is just, it's just not the ideal time in their life, right, to cleanse. Their body is, yeah. it needs to be nourishing the baby. Now, if we can get those moms on superfood, yeah, that is like amazing for the baby, right? Um, so let's get the moms on superfood and then set them up to do cleanses after they after they have the babies. Um, the next one is, can nursing moms do cleanses? And this depends on what cleanse. Um, nursing moms can actually do any of the cleanses except for heavy metal. Yeah. So we do not want to give nursing moms HV met. And by the way, if you don't have, we do have a list of the products that um, that should not be used while pregnant. Like, for example, ICF-1 should never be used while pregnant as well because it does um, increase the peristaltic action. Mm -hmm. And so um, we don't want to encourage... um, You don't want that that contracting kind of... Yeah, thank you. The muscle starts to contract a little bit. It starts feeding that that peristaltic muscle action. We don't want to encourage contractions. Not not while pregnant, no. No. And then the next thing is, is can children do cleanses? Now I'm going to have you elaborate on this. Because technically, children can do cleanses. We just don't necessarily always have them. It's really on like a needed basis. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of kids, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I mean, just um, with the tinctures and small mm-hmm. amounts, uh, there's not many of the cleanses that um, the children, we found that they don't test for, that they don't test well for, Okay. Um, we always have to refer back to if we can't test them directly with kinesiology to determine dosage, to determine the amount of use they need, then obviously we have to go by body weight. Now, if you take a child 
who's already very, like maybe they're sick or lethargic or have a lot of, you know, terrible skin issues or something. We know it's liver. We know it's some kind of toxicity. Mm -hmm. Then, then starting them off even a little less than what is suggested based on their body weight is, is a wise way to go. You can always increase it, but if you start off at too high an amount for a child and you create, you know, some uncomfortable, you know, reprogramming, healing response, additional toxicity, uh, elimination, that type of thing, then the parents are going to really play, you know, they're going to have a hard time getting that child to stay with the cleanse. So, so, you know, go with the, go with the amount of use based on the weight. Um, if you, if they're a very aggressive case, then, you know, obviously a little lower, you know, if it's an immune system support that needs to happen, well, then with that, you can actually be more aggressive because it's not truly a cleanse, but it is facilitating the body's immune system to respond, you know, the way it's needed. So, um, pay attention to the weight. If it's real aggressive, have them start at little lower amounts, uh, and just really communicate, uh, communicate with the client on what the child is experiencing, how they're responding. Um, you know, kids and bowel movements are huge. This is one of the things we see clinically all the time. As soon as kids learn to go to the bathroom by themselves, mom and dad stop monitoring the activity because they don't have to be involved anymore. We're so excited yes. to get a break. Yes. Here's the downside of that. The child, more often than not, has not been instilled to understand the importance of going to the bathroom every single day, multiple times a day. And so I'll have a four, five, six-year-old, seven-year-old, whatever on the table, and I'll ask them, you know, how often are you going to the bathroom? And they look at the mom like, well, I don't really understand the question. And they're like, well, I don't know. I, you know, since I no longer had to be involved, I haven't been keeping tabs on it. So, um, you know, that's one of those things that kids will go three or four days and not say a word without a bowel movement. They will. And they, and they don't think anything of it. They don't know that that's really not a healthy thing to happen. And it usually kicks in about the time they go to school and for the next, and then they spend the next 12 years in some school system or structure where it's a little embarrassing for them to ask the teacher if they can go to the bathroom. So they learn this neat trick called hold it. And they start ignoring this peristaltic action and it reduces, reduces, and reduces. And then to where the signal is almost faint to nothing. And then, and then they develop some really serious allergy issues, behavioral issues, cognitive performance issues, immune system problems. I mean, the list goes on and on. So the cleanses are safe for the kids over the age of two for sure. Um, Small amounts and even smaller amounts on some if you need to, like the heavy metal tincture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're going to do a, you know, a cleanse with, uh, with uh, maybe a parasite uh, deal or lymphatic, you're doing a detox. You know, they, here's how you know a kid's got a really messed up liver and needs liver, gallbladder, and detox. If they sneeze all the time, they're rubbing their eyes, right? This, this allergy type stuff. Allergies, there's no such thing as a true allergy, but there is liver performance that's way off. And kids, like when they'll wrestle with kids outside in the grass and they come up and their eyes are all, and they're sneezing a lot. Anybody that sneezes a lot definitely has liver stress. So, you know, the, the HP detox, HP liver gallbladder in the appropriate amounts for an extended period of time in some cases. Um, because the other thing too is kids aren't real hip on drinking that morning drink with all the olive oil and the, you know, the things of that nature. So 
you have to you have to meet them where they're at and help them take yeah. in as much as they can and they might have to do it for three or four weeks or three or four months right to restore function uh in that liver especially so you know you you, you can overdo it a little bit and create kind of a healing crisis so you gotta be careful with that but uh, the rest of it uh you know play it by your common sense start off low encouraging get them you know Watch them, uh, watch them be compliant and, and uh, monitor their results. The other thing that I see happen with parents is, um, you know, they, and I was guilty of the, like, losing track of my kids' bowel movements. I learned from him that my kids weren't pooping every day. Um, but what happens sometimes is, is that, so they start going every couple of days. The parent doesn't know this. Um, also water, this is another thing with kids is yeah. start painting, you know, I catch my kids not wanting to drink very much water and they're dehydrated, which then contributes to constipation as well. But so they're going every two or three days and then they're coming to mom or dad, my tummy hurts, my tummy hurts. And then they're getting fed like ibuprofen because their tummy hurts, but then that, but their tummy hurts because they just need to poop. Right. And then the ibuprofen's not good for their liver that's still trying to develop. Right. And so this is where it becomes this sort of like vicious cycle. So the more we can educate them to just ask your kids, you know, um, like I try to make it a habit now of like once a week or every other week, like, hey, what are what are our bathroom habits looking like this week? Right. Um, because I totally had lost that with my kids and didn't realize that they weren't going every day. Um, now I've kind of stressed the importance. They helped me make the poop flyer, um, <laughs> which they really enjoyed that. Um, and so now they're like starting to really understand like, oh, this is like a really important thing, right? Um, and flat out told me Grayson in kindergarten, he didn't want to go to school. So he would hold it until he got home. And then he didn't have to go by the time he got home. And so then he'd be up like in the middle of the night having to go because he'd held it all day. And so then it's disrupting his sleep. So it's like everything becomes this like domino effect or vicious cycle. Yep. Um, And we have to remember, because you touched on it really well, everything is connected. Yeah. I don't care how discombobulated or disconnected or far you know, one side to the other, these symptoms are that people are having and they're concerned about when they bring it to you as a practitioner. Every single thing is connected. It's connected. It's the body's way of saying, I had a symptom 20 years ago of waking up with crusty, phlegmy eyes. And then I moved into, now I got sinus infections repetitively every two or three years. Then it moved into migraine headaches. Then it moved into obesity, insomnia. Everything is connected. It, the body will give up on one set of symptoms if it can't get your attention. The cause is driven deeper and the systems get, symptoms get worse. The cause is deeper, symptoms are worse. Cause is deeper, symptom is worse. And so everything is connected. So the, this gentleman with the bloating, the joints, the gas, the eyes, the vision, the memory, all of that, it's all, it's all connected. It's all connected. There's a component to it. Yeah. Um, and we're just going to peel away the layers and, Actually, on that note, I'll share one thing, quick thing before I dive into the next question. Um, like I have somebody who I really care about who has been struggling with weight loss the last few years and um, has asked me several times for a plan. Mm-hmm. I give them my weight loss plan for them. They yep. don't want to do it. They say it does not work for them, <laughs> yeah. even though they've even tried Never it, it because they don't want to make changes, which is fine to each their own. Um, so they go, oh, no, I'm going to go do it this other way. And then they actually end up gaining more weight 
And um, the reality is this individual needs to desperately cleanse. They have such a toxic buildup and their liver is so congested that it's thrown their hormones off to the point where no matter, they'll starve themselves. Literally, they could fast and still not lose a pound because their liver is so loaded. Their liver and bowels are so toxic buildup that it's just created this domino effect with the hormones that it that until they clean that there's no way that they're going to lose weight and but I'm the crazy one right and my plan doesn't make sense to them so they're going to go do you know a sh- do this shake and skip a meal and da 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 and gain more weight and it's super super sad and frustrating when we're on this side of it um because it is really simple at the end of the day that we have to clean up these toxic buildups and get the body performing the way it was designed to perform. We can't work against that to achieve what we want to achieve by starving ourselves or going to the gym for six hours a day or whatever it is. So I just want to share that real quick. Um, Okay, very, very common question. Can individuals do cleanses if they have their gallbladder removed? And this really comes up with the liver gallbladder cleanse. Like they think if if I've had my gallbladder removed, I can't do the liver gallbladder cleanse. So I'd love for you to, and I know we've had several individuals that have done our cleanses. Yeah. In America right now, the average gallbladder surgery, now I can't speak to the last four or five months, what this looks like, but on a normal day, we lose about 7,000 gallbladders a day in this country that are being removed. And it's 100% because of a faulty diet. It's a faulty diet that's overwhelmed that gallbladder, the emulsifying pathways, have become congested, they're eating gunky food, it's gunking up the works, it can't emulsify, it can't purge and release the bile anymore, so it coagulates and voila, we have gallbladders being stripped out with stents put in. That being said, those people are also, I haven't come across one in my clinic yet in 20 years plus, that was told by the person that took the gallbladder, oh, and by the way, you're gonna have to be on bile salts as a digestive age for the rest of your life, every meal, or your cholesterol is going to start creeping up, creeping up, creeping up slowly over the years to come. And we've just positioned you for the next drug, which would be a cholesterol-lowering medication. Uh, not to mention that that liver is still producing the bile. It's dripping through a stent all the time as the liver is producing that into an empty stomach or an em- empty digestive system that doesn't need it. So now we're getting creating lesions to the tissue and and a myriad of other problems. These people always have up and down bowel movements. One day it's real loose, the next day it's hard, the next day nothing, then the next day, it's, and it don't matter what they eat, so they say, uh, they have that up and down roller coaster kind of bowel movement experience. So they have to be on super enzymes, one every meal for life. They have to give their body what it needs with those meals to break these things down properly. That's the first piece of a, a gallbladder case. The next one is when they've lost the gallbladder, and yes, they can definitely do those cleanses. They can definitely do the liver gallbladder, the detox. They can do it multiple times. Um, they probably should do it multiple times because as that gallbladder backed up and the liver lost its ability to purge and push into that gallbladder the, the bile that was prepared by the liver, now you've got deposits of that in the liver and it needs to be cleansed out. So yeah, two to three... Um, um, Liver gallbladder and detox cleanses back-to-back is not uncommon for someone who's lost their gallbladder in the last two years or 20 years. 
So. Yep. And we do recommend uh, super enzymes if yep. they have lost their gallbladder because yep. it does have the bile salts in there. Yep. It's got the HCL. It's got the ox bile. It's got the things that the body's missing during the meal. The liver's still producing it, mm-hmm. but it has no storage capacity anymore. Mm-hmm. It's lost its little pouch. And when we chew these certain foods and eat these certain foods that need bile, the liver, the gallbladder was to, it kind of squeezes and purges itself of the bile into the digestive system to emulsify and break down the meat fat and the and the meat protein. Mm-hmm. And we've lost those abilities when they take the gallbladder. So. And I'll just do one last quick tip on those without a gallbladder should never do keto. They should not eat a high fat diet because they are not uh, processing fats properly. properly. So if they go in eating 70% fat, it typically makes them sick and or they do not get the results that they yeah. were ideally seeking. So that's something good for you to know. Because um, sometimes they'll hear, oh, my friend did keto so and it worked for them, so it must work for me. And then they just dive in and don't realize that that was anyways. Yeah. Um, so I always like to share that too. Be aware of that. Um, so if you do take on clients without gallbladders, that is more and more and more common. Um, and then last question is um, individuals who have had weight loss surgeries. Mm-hmm. Now wanting to do an intestinal cleanse later, sometimes it's right afterwards, sometimes it's 10 years later, doesn't matter. We are going to handle them differently because yeah. we're dealing with a different, um, well, it depends it's on the structural. surgery, yeah, but structurally the they have, their body has yeah. been altered. It's been altered, yeah. And so the process, that, you know, you... It's kind of like proceed with caution, right? Start them on ICF-1, make sure that they take small amounts. They might be on one at dinner for a week. Let the body give them the feedback to respond, right? How am I responding to one capsule? The directions suggest one at day one. If they don't have the results, go to two. That's fine in most cases. But when we're dealing with these structural interferences, these things have been modified uh, by modern medicine, then, yeah, we have to start off much slower and just let the body tell us how it's responding. You might find that one a day for the first three or four days doesn't do much, but by day seven or eight, they start having really good elimination. Things start working through, and and the uh, the peristaltic action starts kind of kicking a little bit, and they're they're having good two to three bowel movements a day, really soft consistency. They can then keep them there for a while. Mm-hmm. Make sure that that maintains for a week, ten days, right? After that. Then start bringing in the ICF-2, but not at five doses a day. Start at one. Mm -hmm. Start at one for the first three to five days. Again, listen to their feedback. Let their body be their guide in terms of how is it responding. Mm -hmm. I can't stress this enough, and I see this a lot. It's a red flag with a lot of folks that I've talked with over the years. We don't put people on programs so that the program does something to the person. We put people on programs so we can monitor how they respond to it. That's the key. That is the, that's the, that's the home run right there. It's not about, you know, here, take this B12 and let's see what it does for you. No, let's test it and let's figure out what is your body going to respond best to? What do you need that's going to respond best? And when you don't have the, you know, the, the luxury of muscle testing or kinesiology or other evaluation tools, then we have to start with these things that we know in the majority of cases, this is how the person usually responds. But because we've got some of these other hidden factors, mm-hmm. you know, the surgeries, the gallbladder's gone, things of that nature, it's okay to start off a little lower, a little less aggressive, and listen to how their body's Let's responding. Ease them in. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. 
Thank you so much for joining us. We yep. really appreciate it. I know we're heading into a holiday weekend, so we appreciate that you are still, you know, yeah. you're still here with us. So thank you for that. Um, and have a have a happy yeah. have, have a, a happy wonderful and blessed Fourth of July. July. Happy birthday, America, and have a safe and blessed weekend. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Practice Blueprint, the podcast. In order to get connected with us by way of Facebook or online or with our LinkedIn accounts, check us out at our website, countrydoctorwholesale.com. It's countrydoctorwholesale.com. There you can get plugged into a number of resources, give us feedback, ask questions, find out about future practitioner events, and be plugged into the Practice Blueprint Manual, which does provide over 20 hours of continuing education credits for practitioners that need it. It is a accredited nationally program with the ANMCB and the AANWP. So again, thank you for tuning in, and we look forward to catching you next time on Practice Blueprint, the podcast.